How in the Hell Did I Get Here is supported by The Coloring Book Coach. Check out the new podcast, How to Fall in Love with Yourself Toolkit, an intuitive guide for your month. Find it at thecoloringbookcoach.com. Every family has cherished holiday traditions, and of course ours is no exception. Back when everyone still lived in the Midwest, and the nieces and nephews were all still little, one tradition we enjoyed was to get together with the whole big extended family for Christmas. This gathering was usually either just before or just after the holiday, and up until the year 2000, we'd been doing that at our mom and dad's. But in 2001, we had about 25 people now in the family, and it was just too much for our parents' home to handle, especially in the dead of winter, when everyone is in the house, whether you want to be or not. (laughs) So in 2001, we decided to break with tradition and have our Christmas celebration somewhere else. It was the first and only time we did that. Not that it was a bad experience or that the location had anything to do with what happened that year, and we had no idea that that year was going to be a true Christmas to remember, but not really for the reasons you might think. This is Kim A. Floden, and you're listening to How in the Hell Did I Get Here? Stay tuned. As much as I wish our sister Erin was here to tell you this, sadly, she and I just couldn't find a time to record this, but she was able to send me a written version of what she remembers from that night. Here's Erin's version of what happened during that memorable Christmas gathering. Erin says, I don't remember exactly what year this was, but I do recall that mall hair was popular, and of course I was wearing it. You know, the fake ponytail or whatever you're in the mood for. Anyway, my daughter Maggie was about eight, and my son Calvin was maybe two. Our family was huge, and somehow we ended up renting a hotel and having Christmas there in one of their conference rooms, which was weird at the time because we always had Christmas at Mom and Dad's up until then. But this was the year we outgrew their house. I don't remember exactly how the night started, but I sort of remember that Maggie wasn't feeling well. So we, myself and my ex-husband Todd, took her back to our hotel room, and within seconds, she was projectile vomiting green goo, at which point myself and Todd were trying not to lose it along with her, just from the smell. Ew. I can actually taste vomit remembering this scene. So while Frosty was sweeping the nation, the projectile vomit flu swept through our large extended family. It happened so fast, it felt like only minutes after Maggie's reproduction of that famous Exorcist movie scene. It was the Christmas that almost wasn't, or maybe we made it all the way through the gift opening. I don't recall. I just know that I have not seen anything like what came out of Maggie's mouth shoot that far across a room until last summer, when her six-year-old son repeated the scene from the third row of a huge SUV filled with our almost adult kids. I can taste vomit again as I write this. Oh my God. It's Christmas, 2001, and our super large family has gathered at an inn. Snow is falling and all seemed right with the world. Until Maggie, Aaron's daughter, 
started projectile vomiting. The rest is family lore. Stay tuned for more. Hey there, it's Kim. I'm just popping in to answer a quick question someone asked, which is what more they could do to help support the show beyond sharing, reviewing, and subscribing. Here's a quick list. One, buy us a cookie or two at coffee.com. That's coffee.com forward slash how in the hell. It's actually spelled ko-fi.com and then forward slash how in the hell. Two, we have fun merchandise. Shirts, mugs, bags, even socks. The link is at howinthehellpodcast.com. Three, are you a small business owner? You can advertise on the show. Email howinthehelldidigethere at gmail.com or call 323-488-3303. By the time all was said and done, about 80% of our family was laid out with what they described as the flu from hell. Carrie ended up spending the night in our parents' teeny tiny bathroom, wrapped around and defending, quote, her toilet, as she came to call it after that night, and then endured a two-hour ride back to Minneapolis with our sister-in-law, Ellie, and niece, Samantha, who was just a tiny little tot at that time and who was also projectile vomiting, literally on Carrie through the entire trip. Jenny and her two kids went down hard. They literally all rode it out in Jenny and Bill's bed. Bill was one of the lucky ones who dodged the bullet. Jenny describes a horrifying scene of her and her kids, who were both little, like three and under, just throwing up and throwing up, but being too weak, sick, and miserable to care. So she handled it by just balling up whatever was puke-covered and throwing it in the corner. That went on for about three days, and when it was all over, they literally had to throw out the mattress. I was married at this time and had two stepsons who were at the hotel with us that weekend, and fortunately, nobody in my family got sick, until four days later, which was actually Christmas Day. One stepson dropped like a stone, along with my ex-husband. Needless to say, 2001 was really a Christmas to remember. Finally, it seemed like everyone had recovered, people were feeling better, and that's when the inspiration hit me. And I wrote a quick poem that just really summed up what in the hell we'd all lived through. And here it is. Enjoy. Twas three nights before Christmas, or that was one sick holiday. With apologies to see Clement Moore. "'Twas three nights before Christmas, and all through the inn, "'the Vandy Walker Floatin' Clan was just settling in. "'The packages were piled under the fake tree with care, "'and we hoped that Nicholas wouldn't get lost under there. "'The children were pumped up and ready to rip "'when Maggie let out a groan and said, "'Oh, Mom, I feel sick.' "'And Aaron in her boots and Todd with his chew "'knew they couldn't settle down, for there was work they must do.' Soon, up in their room, Barf was starting to splatter. Papa ran upstairs quickly to see what was the matter. The party continued while he left the room. What we didn't know could have filled us with doom. The mood of the crowd, missed the fresh fallen snow, was jovial and kind. No one felt low. 
But as soon as our stomachs let go with a grumble, the flu had arrived, and it was ready to rumble. With a bit of a quiver, so sneaky and quick, we knew in a moment we'd all be real sick. More rapid than eagles, this virus, it came, and whistled and shouted and cursed us by name. Now Matthew, now Jenny, now Scotty and Carrie. Get Tommy and Ellie and Maxine and Larry. To the rim of the pot before you can fall. Now barf away, barf away, barf away all. Like dry heaves that come after you hurl. This flu didn't discriminate, not by boy nor by girl. It arrived in a flurry like a fast-moving train. With a punch so magnificent it hurt in the brain. Finally, it was over. We could all get back to work. This was one for our enemies, or Bin Laden, the jerk. And slowly we recovered and started to feel well. But truly, that flu man, it really was hell. We'll always remember the Christmas of 01. It started out fun and ended in runs. So let us exclaim as we start to feel better. Maybe next year we'll say, Merry Christmas by letter. As gross as that Christmas was, and as bad as people felt during that flu, like I said earlier, it's become one of those Christmases that lives on in our memories. And even though a lot of us got what we didn't ask for that Christmas, in a way, that's okay. Because, in my opinion, we ended up with something even better. Great stories, a funny poem, and a Christmas memory about a time at an inn where we all came to be together, and we stayed together, even after disaster struck. Because there's really only one thing that matters at Christmas, and that's being with the people you love, even if they are projectile vomiting. Wishing you and yours a very merry and healthy Christmas this year. Hey everybody, it's Carrie, here to wish you all happy holidays, merry Christmas, and happy Hanukkah. I also shout out a big thank you for making this such an amazing year by tuning in each week, leaving fab iTunes reviews, and laughing along with us. If it was up to me, you'd all be getting a donkey under the tree. Merry Christmas, everybody. Went the nights before Christmas and all through the house. Not a creature was stirring, except for my beagle, of course. Hi, this is Kim's sister Erin, wishing all listeners a safe and happy holiday. Thank you for all you do for this show. We love that you're sharing it with all your friends. And please, if you can, take a moment to leave us a quick rating and review on iTunes. You can do that by hitting the iTunes logo on our homepage at howinthehellpodcast.com. Meet you back here next week for more How in the Hell Did I Get Here stories. Until then, pay attention, my friends. You just never know when you might find yourself saying, Within seconds, she was projectile vomiting green goo. How in the hell did I get here? Big thanks to the Coloring Book Coach. Check out the How to Fall in Love with Yourself Toolkit podcast for tips and more on how to do just that. Find your free coloring book at thecoloringbookcoach.com. This week's show was written, produced, and hosted by myself, Kim A. Floden, with editing help from Carrie Floden. Our music this week can be found at filmmusic.io and is called We Wish You a Merry Christmas by Kevin McLeod, whose website is incompetech.com. This music is used under the CC by Creative Commons licenses. Find all links associated with this music in our show notes and at howinthehellpodcast.com.